What's up, people? Another episode of Just for Sport. Hope you enjoyed your weekend. I know I did. It's been a, you know, I enjoy watching sports, some family time, getting some work into. It's been great. Today has just been wild for, you know, when you have the Grand Slams, as you know, I've normally done a preview for all of the Grand Slams. Hopefully we'll have a guest possibly on Thursday to talk about it. But I figured this time I'll just do a solo preview, so to speak. But the tournament already started. It started this morning. It was fun to watch as DMV's own Francis Tiafo upset Stefano Sitsipas in the first round. I'll get into that a little bit. What in the world is going on in the NBA playoffs? Trey Young is questionable for game four after twisting an ankle on the referee's foot, no less. Referees just can't stay out of their own way. It's an accident, but it still bums me out. Because I feel like now, you saw at the end of the fourth quarter, Trey Young just wasn't the same. The Hawks weren't the same. And now it may be an easy path for the Bucks to get into the NBA Finals. But their opponent, and I think it is their opponent, like to me, I just don't see a change that you can tell me that it's not going to be the Phoenix Suns. Pandemic P, missing those two free throws was not not the right time to be missing two free throws when you're trying to go up 2-1. Now Phoenix is up 3-1. They're up 3-1 on the Clippers. They play tonight, and I expect the Suns to win. They're favored by five five and a half on DraftKings. Tomorrow, the Bucks are favored by seven against the Hawks. I think that's a win. And it's tough. Oh, man, it's so tough. It's like the NBA is coming to a close. It really is. Like, this is going to be, this is going to be it. We're going to get one game a night now. And it's not as fun. Game five, I think, is a closeout game. DeAndre Ayton averaging 16 points and 11 rebounds. I think the Suns close out the Clippers. And I think it it may very well be the end of the Clippers, unfortunately. I don't know if I, 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 yeah, I probably do mind it um, or I have an opinion. I don't think Kawhi should be up in the the suite watching the game. He should be down on the court with his teammates. Maybe there's a reason why that has to deal with the, you know, Kawhi's like, look, I'm not going to play. Let's not say you're. Sh- I'm shutting it down for the year, but let me get out of the protocol because it's not like I can even practice. And I'll just be with my family. So I'm going to be up in the stands. And that was his choice. And that was my first reaction was to say, no, he should be with his team. And I still kind of think that. I feel like it's not the same. Mike Breen, all with the great line. 
what was it? He was like, oh, the emotion out of Kawhi Leonard when the Clippers were down five and there was no emotion. He, he doesn't have emotion the same way at least. But I think the Clippers are done and they may be done if Kawhi doesn't resign, I hope he does. Just because, I don't know, the bouncing all are over from team to team and signing these two-year with third-player, third-year options. You know, if you're a, a fan, especially if you think if you're a young kid, let's say you're the Clippers all of a sudden got good and they got Kawhi, who's from L.A., and they've got uh, Paul George from L.A., and you're so excited, and then all of a sudden they go to another team. I don't know. I just kind of... It makes me kind of sad. Makes me wish for players staying with the same team a little more often. Like a Giannis, how he's still with Milwaukee. And I hope he stays with Milwaukee. Kawhi's on his third team in, what, four seasons. Uh, I think it's four seasons. Um, You know, Bradley Beal may not stay with the Wizards. But if he does, it's like, let's keep that career. And obviously with John Wall, I wanted him to stay with the Wizards. And he's not. But I hope that they're able to keep the team together. But I'm now resigned to the fact that I think it will be a Bucks suns NBA Finals. That's what I think. And if you look at the futures, championship winner, the Bucks are favorite at minus 112, the Suns at plus 100, Clippers at plus 2,500, so I still think that that is the case, that they're not going to win. But if you're a Clippers fan, hey, that shift could be good for you. Put a dollar on that, you get $26, 25 to 1. I mean, that's not bad. Hawks at 20 to 1. And I think with that sprained ankle, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. And I also saw, oh boy. Did we ever see Chris Middleton put on a show for the Bucks to shut down the Hawks uh, in Sunday's game? He just looked really good. He looked really good. He's on the Olympic roster too. That'll be fun. The Olympics are coming up. And with the Olympics coming up, the one sport you kind of can't bet on is USA, right? They're minus 335. One dollar to win a dollar thirty. Thirty cents basically. Oh, I guess a dollar thirty. But I don't USA's gonna win. Spain's at plus eight hundred, France at plus seventeen hundred. It's just not gonna happen. There's just simply no bet there. There's simply no bet there. The U.S. women's team is favored at minus 1250, so you know that's a lock as well. But there's some other sports that I was looking at. Tennis, as I'll be getting into later. Ash Barty and Naomi Osaka are at the top at plus 500 to win Olympic gold. And in men's tennis, you got Novak Djokovic favored at minus 112. Daniil Medvedev is right behind him at plus 300. 
I would like to see uh, baseball back in the Olympics. I don't know how we ended up getting basketball three on three. That's right. We have basketball three on three in the Olympics. We already have basketball. I didn't know we needed another basketball. We also have soccer. Brazil is favored at plus 275. Spain is right behind them at plus 350 in the Olympics. Women's soccer, you know USA's favorite, but they're only at minus 125. Great Britain is right behind them at plus 500. So there's some excitement. If you're if if betting gets you excited, you've got some options. For the Olympics. Now, lastly, Euro 2020. Wow. I don't know if you watched. I hope you're, yuck, this, I, listen, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. The Spain-Croatia game, in my mind, was the best game of the European championships. It was great. Croatia goes up one nothing on an own goal. Then Spain comes back with a 3-1 lead. And then Croatia ties it up 3-3 in stoppage time. And then in extra time, Spain scores two more goals. They win 5-3. It was exciting. It really was. Now, it's who's favored to win it. France is favored to win it at plus 300. Behind them is Italy at plus 525. We'll see what France is able to do. They've got a solid team over there. I don't know if there's another team. I mean, England is plus 550. And Spain is plus 552. Germany's plus 750. But there's some other options there. But let's go back, as I said at the beginning, we're going to talk about Wimbledon. And I'm so excited for Francis Tiafo. It's funny, my little little six-year-old was just started playing tennis last year. And we had him in a camp up at the uh, JTCC. I think I said that right, in Maryland. It's not far from the University of... Maryland campus, the Junior Tennis Champions Center in College Park. And one day as we were playing, and my son likes to look at the other courts, he's not bad. I'm not thinking he's, I don't know. I just, of course, every kid, you're like, oh, he looks great. I just want my son to be happy. One of my sons. I've got multiple. But this one was playing tennis, and... He got a bobblehead of Francis TFO. And I think it was maybe the day after he got the bobblehead or the week after, because he was only gone one day a week that time. And sure enough, there was Francis right there playing tennis, because that's where he grew up, right at the JTCC in College Park. Shout out to them. And my son won't care, but I thought that was the first thought that came to my mind is, 
he actually was watching TFO practice one day. And I said to him that that's he's a professional tennis player. He was like, oh, okay, and kept on walking. He's like, okay, whatever. But it made me happy for him. He probably played the best match of his life, beating the number three seed, 6-4-6-4-6-3, in just over two hours. And I know it's tough for Sissipas. He lost in the final of the French Open to Novak Djokovic. He was up 2-0. And Djokovic came back to win the French Open. And he just fell apart. TFO had never beaten a top five opponent in 11 attempts. He said, quote, this is definitely one of my best performances from start to finish. It was pretty clean. If you want to play against the best in the world and the best atmosphere in the world, this is what you train for and what it's all about. And my favorite shot was in the first set. TFO was up 4-3. 15 apiece. Stefano Sitsipas tried an overhead shot. And Francis TFO was like not at the net. He was in that danger zone. If you know tennis, you know it's that white line in the middle of the service line. You know, you don't want to be near the, the horizontal line, not the middle line that separates the court. Because you're kind of in the dead zone. You need to be back on the baseline or right up at the net. So Stefanos has the overhead. And the way that Francis Tiafo was able to get back and, and end up hitting a almost regular forehand pass Sitsipas was just a beautiful shot. He played about as best a game as you can. As Tiafo was like, are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? It was a beautiful shot. He wasn't turned all the way around. He still didn't see where he was hitting it, per se, with his Yonix racket. He just, he played his best game, and I'm very happy for him. Um, and I know he's excited. Let's hope this means something, you know, uh, he can go on a run, so to speak, is what you hope for. That's what you hope for. But when we're talking about the preview of Wimbledon on the men's and women's side, can anybody really beat Novak Djokovic? I don't really know if anyone can. I really don't. He's not only playing at the top of his game, you best believe there is no doubt that he is paying attention to the fact that he not not can he only not that he can get the grand slam the career grand slam but the fact that he can get the golden grand slam is got to be what's driving him now i actually got to witness steffi graf getting the golden grand slam in 1988 no seems seems like forever ago but i still remember like it was yesterday Watching her not only on the court, but it was really bizarre, y'all. I for I not only got to see her practice, I saw her practice once as well. And after she left, she left a water bottle there, and I I kept the water bottle for probably two years. I had it on the plane back to America. I don't know. I just I just kept it. 
And then finally, I just dumped the water out and threw it away. I don't even know. That's weird, right? I shouldn't have kept in the first place. But I don't know if anybody can beat Novak. He's just playing so well. There's no Rafa in the tournament. There's no Dominique team. You know I'm team team. Andy Murray, the Brit, isn't very good. And Roger Federer, this may be the end of him. You know, so I'd like to think that, you know, when we talk about Phil Mickelson winning, uh, gee, now I'm forgetting, wasn't the U.S. Open, was the PGA Championship? At 50, Roger Federer is about to turn 40. How great would it be for him to stave off father time, so to speak, and win it? But Novak, he is one away from tying Federer and Nadal for 20 career singles majors. He's a defending champ. And he's already won the Australian and the French. And the thing that I think puts him over Federer and Nadal is that he's already won the career Grand Slam, which means he's won all four majors more than once. Now, he does have a possible tough second round opponent in Kevin Anderson, who he beat in the 2018 final. But, I, I mean, Sitsipas just got upset. Alexander Zverev, maybe. Medvedev is great on grass. Better on grass than clay. But the thing is, like, whether you like Novak Djokovic or not, for me, I kind of want him to get it. I want to see the career Grand Slam. I do. There are times that I go back and forth if I want to see dominance, if you want to see history. I kind of want to see it this year. I want to see what he can do. Why not? Federer, this may be the only tournament that he has a chance to win because he's so great on grass. I know he would like to get that 21st major, but I don't know. I, I, I just don't see it. I don't see it. Now, on the women's side, whoo, I mean, it's sad, but there's already no Naomi Osaka. Unfortunately, and that's it's really sad. It's really sad. And sorry, I didn't do this already, but Djokovic is the favorite at minus 155. Daniil Medvedev is plus 600. Federer is plus 1100. Matteo Berrettini is getting some run at plus 1,200. But then it drops off a lot. Nick Kyrgios, plus 5,000. Hugo Umber, plus 7,000. 
Denis Shapovalov at plus 7,000. I don't know if we can go that down that far. But if you wanted to be like, hey, Francis Tiafo is making a run, you can get him at $125 on a $1 bet. He'd have to have an amazing, amazing magical run. How crazy would that be? Yeah, probably not. But on the women's side, we've got Ashley Barty as the favorite at plus 600. Serena Williams, can she find a way to get it done at plus 650? You know she's still chasing history. A dollar to win $6.50. Sabalenka, plus 900. Muguruza, plus 1,200. Coco Goff, plus 1,600. I don't know. I mean, you see, there's no favorite like Djokovic. If Ashley Barty is healthy, maybe she can do it, but I doubt it. I don't know. I don't know what she can do. Alina Svitolina was a semifinalist in 2019. I'm surprised she's not higher. She's all the way at plus 5,000. Sophia Kinnan, who's playing without a coach after she decided to not have her father coach her. We'll see what she can do. Serena Williams is turning 39. Trying to win that 24th major. But she needs a lot to go right for her to get it. She really does. Coco Goff. Looking at some of the U.S. players. That maybe you could see winning. But. Realistically, I think, I mean, I hope it can be Serena. If it can't be Roger Federer, obviously I'm rooting for Serena. I would love for it to be Serena, but it might be, it might come down to the favorites, really. You got Ash Barty and Sabalenka sandwiching Serena Williams on DraftKings.com. But I think you look at those three players as the ones that are, that, It'd be a surprise if one of the three of them is not hoisting the trophy. I, I want to just go to all. That's my dream one day is to go to all four Grand Slams. But the key is like I don't want to do it in the same year. But I got to see one before I can no longer see some of these great players. Novak Djokovic will probably still be there. But it might be my last chance at the U.S. Open to see Serena Williams. And I do think it's actually better to go for the first round matches in the final. You can bounce around, watch a bunch of different players. Maybe the first two days is what you want to do. Maybe that's what you want to do. But either way, it's going to be fun. I enjoy tennis. A lot. And I'm going to be watching. And I imagine if you're into tennis too or into sports, maybe you will. If nothing else, because you're going to be watching history. Maybe that's a possibility of why. 
I know I'm looking forward to it. So, we'll see. All right. My winners. I got to pick my winners. Novak Djokovic to win Wimbledon on the men's side. I'm going, my, my heart is Serena Williams. But my mind says Arnya Sabalenka to win Wimbledon. Let's hope my heart wins. Let's hope. All right, that'll do it for Just for Sport. Enjoy the rest of the week. I'll be back on Thursday. Ciao for now.